0: Hello, it's me, Vincent T. Edwards, the one and only Mr. Speaker, welcoming you to another edition of Mr. Speaker Speaks. You know, it's the show that educates, stimulates and rejuvenates the mind. And we do it because we have conversation, not just any old conversation, but interactive dialogue and deep, candid conversations, because it's here where people share their stories. To help inspire and motivate others, it's the show where you, as a guest, gets to speak. Check me out on VincentTEdwards.com. Check me out at VincentTEdwards.com. Join the online community at VincentOnDemand.com, where you can find out and get exclusive access to seminars, training, videos, much more, because life is all about purpose. And those programs at Vincent on Demand can help you pivot into your purpose with power and precision. Today's show is brought to you by Program Success, your source for professional news and information. Program Success Magazine spotlights the success of individuals who have excelled in their arenas of expertise in order to inspire, encourage, and enhance the lives of others' aspiring greatness. More information is available at programsuccess.net program success the name says it all my guest today will be jordan middleton and blake middleton they are the leaders of the collegiate ministry at true holiness church of god in christ and today we're going to be talking about the ministry what it's all about and they're going to be having a conversation here about pride full disclosure you know i'm mr speaker but i just happen to be the pastor of true holiness church of god in christ so i wanted to share that with you in full disclosure but like always on mr speaker speaks let us have a little bit of prayer time brother blake middleton lead us in prayer
1: appreciate it Father God, we thank you for this blessing of allowing us to gather together and talk and discuss about life and how you are blessing us daily. We thank you, God, for the opportunity that you give us to minister minister to the community and, and whom you are, God, the glory of you, God, of whom you simply are. Uh, we ask that you bless us, God, so that this podcast may be used to edify and enrich the kingdom of you, God, and to um, allow others to hear a word from you, God, that will be enlightening and that will bring them closer to the word and to you, God, and to a relationship with you. We give you all the honor and glory in your mighty great name, Jesus, in whom we pray. Thank you, God. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Our inspirational Passage of Scripture, the verse comes to us today from the book of Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter and the first verse, and it reads, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember God in your youth. Ecclesiastes 12 and 1, it is truly a blessing and a great pleasure to have here in the studio today, Jordan Middleton and Blake Middleton. How are the both of you doing today? Doing phenomenal. Always phenomenal.
2: <laughs> doing pretty good myself. How are you?
0: I'm doing just fine. It's a great day. You know how we said it. it's the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice <laughs> and I'm going to be glad in it. You know, I want the listening audience to know a little bit about each of you, Jordan. What's your story? Who are you? What do you believe? Who are you at the core? What are you all about?
2: <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I guess to start off, um, I'm a senior at Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. Go Rattlers!
0: Oh, high, So starts. seven hills. All Eighteen ninety-seven. All right. <laughs>
2: um yikes yeah, about me i don't know i guess i'm just a regular old girl i like roller skating i guess that's something cool about me and one of my hobbies but um i do enjoy um doing work for this ministry i really enjoy being a collegiate minister and yeah i would just say that
0: oh i'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm help you out here. so what what, what was like what's life like growing up in the middleton household being a girl
2: um, life was pretty competitive, honestly. <laughs> growing up with two older brothers and like sports wise, you definitely have to be a killer or have a killer mindset, like my dad would say. <laughs> but it, you, it's a typical Christian household, you know, we really have, um our values put into us at a young age. So it definitely helped us helped me personally, I know, grown to the person I am today.
0: What's one memory that you have of something that happened into you in your past that helped to develop you to be the young lady that you are today?
2: Mm, that's a deep question. One memory.
0: One thing okay. that just shaped your life that you kind of like you had that aha moment growing up and it, it helped you to mature to become the lady that you are today.
2: I would say one thing that really helped shape me was definitely moving to Florida. Like I was a completely different person in Kansas and coming to Florida is a whole different atmosphere, a whole different, you see all these different cultures. And I know that really like changed who I was. And I definitely um, was able to grow more as a person and grow more with God, just coming here and really like finding myself, I guess you could say
0: wow i'm hearing that exposure um helped you grow tremendously um allowed you to increase your sphere of influence that's powerful brother blake how you doing what is it that we should know about you
1: i'm always doing phenomenal and and i'm extremely blessed I am a child of God, uh, joy is to the throne. I thank the Lord for blessing me to be saved and, and really um, have a passion for helping, you know, kids, people, um, anybody, you know, come closer to God and um, to really show how the Bible relates to life. I'm also a student of life. And it's funny because, you know, when people hear this and think about, you know, oh, I'm also an entrepreneur. Um, people think, oh, is that a new age of saying broke? <laughs> no, um, I got God's blessed me with my own online business and has been very successful. Um, but my my true passion is um, spreading the word of God and um, focusing on his ministry and what he wants me to do um, to live a an edifying and enriched life that's glorifying him.
0: What prompted you to follow this passion in, in ministry? What was life like for you growing up? What did you enjoy? What did you spend your time doing that has helped to shape you into who you are?
1: Life, life was extremely hard for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my, siblings, my siblings didn't have as many encounters with a lot of troubles and a lot of people trying to get them to believe different things and um they didn't have as many encounters as I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had trouble in school. I was uh I was one of the bad kids. I didn't like listening to nobody. Um I got a lot of whoopings growing up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hard I didn't like listening to anybody. I didn't I, I was very um out of speech and impediment. Um I had so many things that would seemed like it was tripping me up every step. Um, but I thank God because in every step, he's already always gave me, you know, insight into um, a better life and serving him. And when I, the thing that really capped it all off was when um, I, I got hurt in college. I was playing um, at Florida State um, and got hurt. And my Achilles, you know, both of my Achilles were torn. And they told me I took uh, um, basically a medicine that made my tendons weak. Um, so in that moment, I understood. You know, I couldn't depend on my body that I was used to so um, depending on as I was growing up because I grew up very athletic and uh, very driven and motivated to uh, wanting a better you know life for my family because I I, I was really um, selfless growing up but had some selfish tendencies though. <laughs> um, but when when I got hurt, um, it put me in a position where I had to sit still and actually get in the place where I had to listen to God. Um, it allowed me to understand, um, to take the mindset to, uh, really come to a place to actually know who he is and really study, not because of, you know, for knowledge, you know, way past that, but to actually, um, dig deeper, um, for my own personal relationship with him. Um, and, and that what really capped off a lot of things. And I started to see things differently. Um, and that uh, motivated me to, you know, continue to perform, um, the works and, and to do his will in the ministry and to really have a passion and, um, understanding whom he is and loving him for him, not because of what he gives me, but because of who he is.
0: That's some great insight. Before we move into our discussion about pride, um, I'd like for both of you to share what's the collegiate ministry at true holiness church of God in Christ. All about? What are some of the things that you all do to reach out and to help uh, the young people?
2: I would say um, some of the different stuff we do. Our Bible study is like, it's more of an open discussion. I know, like most churches, you would think that they do it more like where it's like a sermon where they're just talking. But I know for us, it's like an open ended discussion. And it's a safe place for um, most of the people who come. Well, everyone who comes, it's a safe place for them to speak openly. Whatever they might be concerning, whatever they might be, I think I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> whatever they might be going through, they can speak on. And obviously, we teach them about the Bible. And so, yeah, that's some of the stuff that we do.
0: And so, when do you when do you hold your Bible study?
2: We have Bible study on Tuesdays at seven PM. We either do it on Clubhouse or on Zoom.
0: Oh, y'all on y'all on Clubhouse doing Bible study. Oh, that's all right. Um, any special events? Any other types of things that you all do, Brother Blake?
1: Yeah, we have the um, quarterly. Ask the pastor um, for collegiate where we get the opportunity to um, ask Mister Speaker himself <laughs> um, questions and and. It- that deals around um, any type of um, things that we want to be addressed that uh, we haven't had addressed maybe in the past or haven't had the opportunity to um, As the pastor is a platform that allows anyone to come openly and discuss, you know, the things that are um, concerning or are on their hearts that they need the answers to. And we can see um, from a biblical um, perspective and, and to go to the Bible, to see what God says. Um, that's what as the pastor is.
0: Jordan. What's, what's it like, um, on the college campus, um, living a life for God? Is it, is it a challenging, is it, is it difficult Do people view you differently? Are you able to still have fun being a Christian?
2: I would say like everybody's life, it comes with some challenges, especially with temptations. I know being on a college campus. There's a lot of stuff that you can get into. So you definitely have to stand on your own, like stand on your own, stand in your faith. Um, I would say I still have fun, though. I still have lots of fun. I go to like different events we have on campus. I hang out with different groups of people. I'm involved in several organizations. Like I have a lot of fun. Especially at the highest of seven hills. You know, I always got to miss my school when I can.
0: I know you can. Run ratless. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Go ahead and give your one of your organizations so, a little plug. Who, what organizations are you involved in?
2: Oh, okay. So I'm involved in Big Sister, Little Sister Mentoring Program. And that's a program where um, we. The upperclassmen mentor the lowerclassmen, so like juniors and seniors would be mentoring a freshman and sophomores or even a transfer student. Another organization I'm involved in is the Women's Student Union. We do a lot of um, women empowerment events and feminist events and definitely some community service events here and there to help out the community, obviously.
0: Excellent. You're really involved and you have your pulse, uh, as I would say, On the collegiate community, Blake, when you look at the things that you two are jointly doing with the collegiate ministry, what are some of the challenges that you all face in sharing your story, your faith and the gospel to uh, collegiate students?
1: It's truly exciting, um, but there's a lot of um, misconceptions that are around the church. So you have to deal with that dilemma of basically explaining how um, you are actually a genuine and true church. Uh, We meet people where they're at in the learning process. So we don't just throw things at people if they don't understand um, any of the scriptures or anything. We're not going to laugh at them. We're going to come and talk and allow them to develop you know for wherever they're at so that they can actually be ingrained and understand what it means to have a relationship with God instead of just going through um we're going to talk about David and the David again now we talk about things that um are relatable and, and and show how the bible um is should be used in life and and will help you um and give help you with the insight of instructions that God has given us
0: Excellent insight there about the collegiate ministry. I, I tell you, this is um, this is going to be a great conversation because I really want to hear from you all in just a moment. You're listening to Mr. Speaker Speaks, and today we're we have the pleasure of talking with the the collegiate ministry leaders. Uh, Jordan Middleton and Blake Middleton, where they lead the collegiate ministry at True Holiness Church of God in Christ on the web at trueholinesscogic.org. That's trueholiness, org. You can go there and find out all the things that they do. Today, I'm going to open up the floor to them so you'll get an idea of who they are and what they do and how they do it and how they share uh, information. Talk to us today about this whole concept of pride i mean we live in a a world where it's it's a me this and i this and you know what is talk to us i'm gonna turn it over to you all what is it that you want us to know about pride do it in your own way
1: You want to start first or me, Joe? <laughs> you can go ahead and start it off. Okay. Well, the idea of um, pride came because a lot of people um, are constantly be told, um, have some pride, do some pride. But um, when you go and research what pride is, um, it's very negative because it's all about you know yourself. And when you look at social media, you see that everyone's basically having a prideful mindset and a prideful state. Um, and the danger of it is basically leads to self worship. So um, I want I wanted to um, God placed on my heart to discuss about um, pride because of the fact of how negative it is, and to um, share the light lighting on it to show you know the effects that it could have.
2: Actually, um, uh, I did have a few questions for Blake. So kicking it off with pride i would say um my first question would be what do you think is the difference between spiritual pride and like worldly pride or do you think th- is there a difference if there yeah do you think there's a difference
1: um when you say spiritual pride and worldly pride it's, you're speaking on the same thing um pride in itself is wrong Um, And to explain, uh, it's like a snowball effect. It starts off, basically, um, the Bible gives a a very great um, portrayal of it when you talk about um, the different types of trees. Um, I have to, let me me see, I think it's in the book of Luke. Um, Let me see, give me one moment to look it up, because I know I just actually just talked about it. Yes, um, there is, oh, actually, it's in the book of Judges, um, when you see the parable of a man named Jotham. Um, And he talks about the different trees that want to um, basically, basically a whole group of trees are trying to find their king, basically um, are illustrating the children of Israel at the time, basically wanted to be ruled over. And also about man because men always look for other rulers besides God. Um, But when you look at it, the trees that all said, basically they're not going to do it because they've been made um, for purpose basically their own specific purpose so they they can't even rule because they're not even made for that um the the one tree that always gets basically um the devil basically um, when you see where pride rings up is basically at the lowest forms so all the trees gather together and go to the barren tree basically that can't produce anything but the tree is going to be is more than willing to accept because um, he's so prideful. And he wants to be exemplified. And you also see the portrayal that God shows by showing that the lowest um, usually are the most prideful. And this comes back to those kid movies that you see a lot at times in like Disney movies where people would be like, I think of the princess and the frog. <laughs> basically, the chubby, remember the chubby kid, the chubby, um, the chubby servant guy who was basically the king's um, hand man, right hand man. He wanted to be the king. So... He was at. He shows a perfect illustration that he was at a lowly position, but he was prideful because he wanted to be at the top. But he was. But the reason why it's such a negative way is because the fact that he was willing to do whatever it took, even going far to kill the king to get whatever he wanted. So that shows a negative, you know, portrayal of pride because the fact that you're always willing to do something so drastic in order to get something so selfishly that you want. And it relates back to Instagram because you all you see is people basically crane their own shrine because of the fact that they want people to glorify them instead of focusing on glorifying God.
0: May I ask a question? Of course. What I'm hearing is that, you know, pride is negative. Is there any situation where... It could be positive Like you know People say I'm a I'm a proud father I'm a proud You know Husband You know I have Pride in my School You know I know y'all She uh Jordan she proud of them ratless You know It is Can it ever be viewed From a positive light
1: You have any suggestions Joe? Or you want me? <laughs>
2: You can go first and then I'll go after you.
1: Okay. Um. I would say when you understand the context of what people say, uh, when you're saying, you know, be prideful, um, that's in a negative connotation. But when you're talking about, you know, I'm happy, because I, I, I refrain from using the word proud or anything like that, really, um, because of the fact that how it's normally addressed in a negative way. So when you understand, you know, The context of the wordings and everything your language, you know, of how you say things, um, it's better to really say, you know, I'm happy to be a part of this, you know, because when you're saying that, you know, you're expressing more vividly um, and more in detail how you're actually feeling. Because when you come back to say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very prideful, it's still in a negative connotation. So I, I really refrain from that personally. What do you have to say, Joe?
2: Piggybacking off of what you said. I agree that it's not really. There's no really such thing. There's no such thing as like good pride, because nothing in excess is usually good. So like having too much pride and too much proudness is really like negative, and it could like lead to an ego, and it could lead to all these other external things. Right. Okay, so I did have another question. Um so how would you say pride could uh impact your relationship with others and with God? Like
1: <laughs> It can it, it the only way it would impact is really in a negative way, um simply because of the fact that when you're focusing so much on yourself, it it's hard to really focus on others. Um, so how are you when when you're looking at yourself, basically, it's like um, an example I had seen the other day or heard about. Um, basically, the devil gives you a mirror to destroy yourself, because when you're looking at yourself and you're like, OK, you're very prideful. You, you look at the way you stack up on other people and you're in competition um, with basically earning more success. So this also leads into greed. Um, so it gives an appetite to greed. And you're basically wanting to get to the specific level. And even when you get to a specific level of, you know, your interest, um, you're still hungry for more because you want to be the most greatest and the most, you know, lav- have the most lavish lifestyle. Um, but there's, there's a point where you have to understand how to be content, because if you don't move in specific angles that you think that you need to be moved, you know, accordingly to your own plan, then that's when people start to take drastic measures because of the fact that, they feel like they're out of place and they feel uncomfortable. And when they start to feel uncomfortable, they start to do things that are usually dangerous because of the fact that they are trying to get to a specific destination instead of understanding how to enjoy the destination, how to enjoy the development and how to enjoy the growth.
2: I definitely agree with what you said. Um, Going back to the question, I would say pride definitely would affect your relationship with others and your relationship with God in a negative way. Um, Me personally speaking on experience, having a friend with t- who's too prideful is like it's just frustrating because they seem really self-absorbed and like you try and talk to them and you're trying like get advice from them and they just always turn it back to themselves and always turn it back to their own accomplishments. So it's just like kind of like a one-sided friendship in a way.
1: So I actually have a question for you, Joe. <laughs> What, what are some ways that you see that God had, um, removes pride? Because it's very dangerous and we see the negative aspects about it. Um, so how do you feel that God um, utilizes the resources that he made to remove pride from people?
2: I would say the quickest way to remove pride from a person is probably like knocking them down a few pegs. Just having like something like happen to them or having them lose a certain position because of like them not recognizing God for their accomplishments and them taking the credit for themselves. So that would definitely, if they just lost that job or they lost that position or they lost that role, that's definitely one way you could humble them, back to reality at least. Um, I did have a question for you, or it's open to both of you. So what would you say How could, how can a person tell if they have too much pride? Like, you know, like, how could they tell that they're going down that path?
1: I think it's real easy. Um, I think you, it takes a analytical approach. You have to analyze, you know, your lifestyle. When you analyze your lifestyle and understand, you know, are you doing things for yourself or are you doing things for Jesus? You know, you can take it on that approach. Plus, you know, when you go into details of the language and how you speak to people, are you trying to insert what you're doing 24-7? Are you trying to insert I'm doing this and I'm doing that without them, you know, trying to even talk about, you know, what you're doing or anything? Or are you being more, you know, patient and being willing for them be, are being willing to wait for them to ask, you know, what are you doing? It's it's really those types of little details that really show um, the bigger picture, you know, on how people are really viewing themselves.
0: When I look at it, I, I think someone has to bring it to their attention or life has to bring it to their attention by bringing them low to where they realize it. Because what I found is, and this is me, what I found is like most people who are really prideful, they don't even realize they're doing it. It's so ingrained in them, so much a part of their subconscious is just how they live their lives. I think they come to the realization is when people start separating themselves from them, not wanting to be a part of anything that they're doing, not wanting to be around them because of the the air that they, um, that they, they put off their, their their arrogance and the way they talk and the things they do when they find themselves finally being somewhat alone and everyone distancing themselves from them. I believe it's then at that moment, they begin asking the questions about, is it me? What am I doing? What am I not doing? And I think that's when they come to the realization is, you know, I may be a bit, prideful. I put that on the table. What do you all think?
1: I think it's very accurate. Um, when you're looking at how to, um, really see the difference in people, um, and also understanding on your position, you know, as you know, you self-develop as well with God, um, to see where you're really at. Um, when you think about it, And the thing that really is, you know, hard is is because pride really has, like, different categories, you know. Um, You can have pride in your beauty. You can have pride in the things, the materials that you have. You can have pride in the career that you have. And there's so many different ways of really expressing pride that it can become very harmful if you don't really jump on it before it really Takes over your life because um, if you just give a footing, you know, to it, then next thing you know, you're absorbed in it and it tries to take over.
2: I definitely agree. I would say pride, like, it has like a snowball effect where it just keeps growing and growing and you just get more and more greedy, like you guys were saying earlier.
0: Have either of you ever confronted someone who was really really prideful and if so what was the outcome
1: it takes extreme patience <laughs> extreme patience um and that's the part where i love um learning more from god and um consulting with him and this is why prayer is such a big thing because you have to learn how to step back and um, basically allow God to play iso ball <laughs> um, because once you get out the way and you come and tell people, you know, get them little seeds of, you know, you should maybe think about this. You should maybe think about that. You know, you have to be willing to wait and be patient for them to uh, basically have that pride uh, detached from them because it took you some time to stop, you know, basically like the little kid. Um, who only sees themselves, you know, they, they, when you're playing tag with them, you know, they don't really understand, you know, the different peripherals, you know, because they're so focused on themselves. Um, so they don't really, they're not as beneficial to the game. So how that corresponds with life is you're not as beneficial and you're not as helpful to other people because you're too focused on yourself. Um, so when you understand, when you're dealing with somebody who is very prideful, um, really, you have to step back and allow God to um, basically, um, Allow them to go with the swiftness (laughs) of whatever type of, you know, um, lessons and everything they have to go through. Because if you don't, that person is just going to be more prideful and usually takes a dramatic, you know, horrible turn.
0: What else would you all like to share with the audience today when it comes to pride?
1: Um, I just want to say, you know, uh, when he talks about, you know, the prideful state, you know, what what are your guys' mindsets on how to um, have other people develop, you know, away from pride? You know, because it's like, it's easy to say, okay, you know, you're away from, you know, all those things, you know, and you get away. So what are the next steps so that they, you know, would be better off or would develop, you know, as they grow in God? You know, what would your suggestions be?
2: I would say the first step is you have to become self-aware, if that makes sense. You have to be able to recognize your faults and recognize, like, where you're wrong in situations and where you are being too prideful. And you have to be able to change your mindset and just kind of, like, make a 180 about it. You just have to... Hmm. I'm trying to find the right words. (laughs) (laughs) I just have to realize, like, you need to change and become more humble because it's affecting you. It's affecting the relationships around you. It's affecting your relationship with God and all in a negative way. So I would definitely say, like, realization is one of the first steps.
1: So my question is, in a prideful society that we're really living in, uh, with the social media, Instagram, and all these things, uh, what would you say are some positive steps that people can take um, to separate themselves from this so many distractions and so many prideful natures so that they can start to develop and have a new mindset ingrained into them? What would you say would be some good steps?
2: Some good steps. Personally, I know um, social media can be overwhelming, so maybe a good first step for some people would be just taking a, taking a step back from social media, maybe, like, not getting on it so much. Maybe, like, I know some of my friends, they only get on social media, like, on the weekends. They just shut it off completely on the weekdays so they, they can focus and not be so attached to it.
1: Okay, so I have a question to Mr. Speaker, um, because you are on so many social media platforms and so many, you have your, you know, interview and you have Mr. Speaker Speaks. <laughs> so how do you balance, you know, your life of having so many um, social media, um, basically platforms, but also having, uh, remaining in a state of um, humbleness, you know, especially when you can become so prideful and say, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, you know, how do you balance the two?
0: The way I I do it is what I try to teach is everything that I do is really around one thing, even though I may be on many different platforms or people see me doing a lot of different things. But the central theme is speaking Um, as a pastor. I speak and I teach in my day job. I'm a trainer. I speak and I teach. As a podcast host, I interview, I speak, and I teach. So everything is built around speaking. So that makes it a lot easier because I'm not in a whole bunch of other arenas. Everything that I do is centered around speaking. When it comes to social media, I don't spend a lot of time on it. But what I try to do is when I post, I post the same thing in every platform. Um, So I don't have to spend time saying, well, what am I going to put here? What am I going to put there? And my message is never really about me. Um, That was the hardest part about social media. Yes, I, I have pictures, so you see the pictures of me. But it's not about me. It's about the message. And the message I hope to bring is one that gets people to think inspires them to move and to take action, to get results, to look at life from a different perspective, to look at life from a biblical perspective. The things that I post on social media, it's my hope and my prayer that they're portraying um, positive images and things of God. And I try to reach people like Blake says where they are. I try to show the human side of me, but I don't reveal everything about me. And that's a big difference because what I see on social media, a lot of things are not even left to the imagination. And I think that's a detriment. So for me, the the balance in it is that everything is pretty much synergistic. It centers around one thing, me speaking and delivering a message that is positive, inspirational, motivational, and hopefully and prayerfully life-changing that is transformational.
1: So I have a question for the both of you, um, to those people who are in a prideful state and are, you know, getting out and are, you know, starting to be, you know, selfless, how can they get, you know, in a better, basically, um, level of thinking when, um, they're focusing on helping other people, but, they're used to gaining gratification so what would be like some substitutes um, to help them you know fulfill that hunger because in, in one way you know they want to go and help people and they want to go do things and, and really love people but on another way they they feel like they're not being loved and they feel like no one's caring what they're doing or no one's really paying attention to them so how do you explain to them you know how to balance those emotions and how to really become better
0: I'll go ahead and and go first on this. It it actually goes back to relationship first and foremost, understanding that I'm nothing without God and people become prideful because they, they really look at other ways um, to fill that void and they want to be better than the next person. And I'm just going to be biblical here. When we look at uh, Satan himself, he was prideful and kicked out of heaven because he said, I want to be like the most high. I will exalt myself above the most high. And we find ourselves in that situation where we're wanting to be something we are not. We're wanting to be something that we were not designed or created to be. So for me, even in my life story, it was finding out who I was. And the only way I could find out who I was was establishing a relationship with Jesus Christ. And once I established that relationship with him and began to walk with him, it was then I realized who he designed me to be. And it was also when I realized that he said that to be great, you have to serve and truly serving others. um, And when you're really doing it, for their benefit and not your benefit is when you feel the greatest sense of self-worth, self-satisfaction. That's what Mr. Speaker says.
2: I couldn't have said it better myself.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know you have some input, Joe. <laughs>
2: um, but I agree. Um you definitely have to go look at your relationship with God and then you'll start to realize and you'll start, your mindset will start to change. I would say that's the first step is, um, building a better relationship with God so that you can see how you're being prideful and recognize that it's not you doing it, but it's God doing it.
1: Okay. So, you know, I'm listening to the both of you and I'm hearing basically comes to, um, identification and going to the Bible to really see who we are and to really understand the identity. Um, but what what do you have to say to people? Um, <laughs> because, you know, I think of the parable of the obedience uh, servant, you know, Luke's uh, 17 and 7. And to think about it, <laughs> you're you're you go to the word, and you know you're in a pipe of staying. You know you're like, okay, God told me He He made me in His image, and I I know I'm, I'm blessed, you know. But you go and read this parable, and you read, and you see, you know, you're basically told you're nothing. You're nothing without God. You can't do nothing. You can't. You're you're nothing. So how do you? explain to people you know the beauty and serving god and to loving him when when they're told they're nothing you know in this parable how do you explain you know what this parable is really truly explaining and what it this 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 parable is teaching us because I, from a surface people take these you know a lot of biblical um scriptures and everything out of context so how would this be um giving a, a positive light into what god is truly saying
0: and what passage of scripture are you talking about?
1: Um, Luke 17 and 7 to, uh, oh, actually, uh, Luke 17 verses 7 to 10. Um, it is the parable of the obedient servant. I can I can read it to you guys if you want me to. Go ahead. Okay. Um, okay. But which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him by and by, when he is come from the field, go and sit down to meat. and will not rather say unto him, make ready wherewith I may sup and grid thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken. And afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he think that servant because he did the things that that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye when I when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say we are unprofitable servants, we have done that which was our duty to do. You guys need me to read it in a different version or anything?
0: You can read you can read it in another version for our listening audience. Um, do you have the amplified version?
1: Yes, I have the amplified version. Okay. All right, it's the amplified version. Which of you who has a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he comes in from the field, Come at once and sit down to eat? Will he not instead say to him, Prepare something for me to eat and improperly clothe yourself for service and serve me while I eat and drink? Then afterward you may eat and drink. He does not think. The servant, just because he did what he has ordered to do, does he? So you too, when you have done everything that was command, that was assigned and commanded, you say, we are unworthy servants, undeserving of praise or a reward, for we have not gone beyond our obligation. We have merely done what we ought to do.
0: Well, you want to go first? Or you want me to to say something Jordan?
2: You can go ahead. I need to gather my thoughts really quick.
0: And I'm I'm going to ask Blake this question first. What do you think this parable is all about? Because we're talking about pride, is, is it really focusing in on pride with this parable?
1: Really, I see the I see really um understanding, you know, the parable in context. Um, it's basically saying, you know, focus on um, doing the will of God. You know, don't be focused on receiving anything. Basically, like um, when I think, you know, giving to the poor or you know these simple illustrations, you know, of giving somebody something or clothing somebody, um, don't expect a big reward. And I know this seems like a drastic parable, um, and and people think, you know, they usually give a negative connotation about what's being around this parable, but. Um, I see the positive because the fact that when you're understanding to do things simply because of the good for others and because this is the will of God, you know, not seeking attention, not seeking anything. um, That's the beauty I see in this parable,
0: because this this parable is really dealing with you staying focused on what you're supposed to be doing You're talking about a slave or servant. And basically, it's saying that because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you should not expect any special type of treatment, any special type of reward, because you're only doing what you were supposed to be doing in the first place. You're doing your duty. So with with that being said, help me to see how this would get into pride, would it say that, you know, hey, I'm doing all this. I should get more of this. I'm doing all of this. You know, he should pay me more. I'm doing all this. Uh, I can go put myself on the open market because I'm better than this. I'm better than that. Is that how you're saying this could lead to pride if an individual, based upon this scripture, did not realize that they should not demand anything for just doing what they were supposed to be doing?
1: Yes, the spin, the spin that I had on this parable was the spin that when people are are in a prideful state, you know, they're reading parables like this that are basically telling them to do things simply for the better half of people, basically for the betterment of people, just because you love them. Uh, I see a lot of prideful people have struggles with these type of parables because of the fact that it deals with the bigger picture. It deals with outside yourself and it's hard for people to really understand you know how to develop when they're so focused on themselves so that's the kind of spin i had on this parable does that make more
0: sense and what i hear is that they should be focusing genuinely focusing on other people Yes, yeah, the than genuineness, Okay, the
1: yeah, sincerity okay. and the genuineness. Yes, that's why this parable came to mind.
0: <laughs> okay, because I just wanted to make sure we're looking at it in context because here, you know, the, the way it was going, you know, since that person was doing all this, do they expect that when they come in the house, the master's going to say, okay, now you sit down, you eat first, you do this. Well, no, that's not the case. You are still a servant. Here are your duties. And so we do things <laughs> because it's what we're supposed to be doing. Um yeah. and, and understand <laughs> that. All right. Just have to keep it in context. Yeah, uh, Jordan yeah, yeah. Jordan, you wanna <laughs> talk about anything? Any how, what do you want to say about that? Um
2: hmm. what do I want to say about the parable specifically?
0: Yeah. If, what what input do you wanna yeah, have prideful uh, on this as it relates to the parable or, or pride? I can't believe time has really gotten away from us. Kinda, to start wrapping this one up i mean we've been talking for a minute
2: um i would say speaking on this parable you definitely just have to take the focus away from like yourself and i guess just focus on why you're doing it like you guys were saying like the was it genuinity is that the word
0: Genuineness. Genuity. Sincerity and sincerity. genuineness.
2: <laughs>
0: it's all right. We...
2: Man, sincerity. <laughs> sincerity. Wow, I can't believe I said genuineness. Um <laughs> I would say focus on like the like who you're doing it for and not like yourself and like how hard it may be, but like the reasons why you're doing it. So that's all I have to say.
0: All right. So we're getting ready to wrap it up here about pride. I'm going to give both of you one last opportunity here before we wrap it up on this episode of Mr. Speaker Speaks. I want to thank you all so very much. What would you all say to the college student that's listening today? What would you want them to walk away with in their understanding of P-R-I-D-E?
1: to take the time to come to read the word and, and how to understand whom we are um, to really see the identity that God has given us because there is blessings and getting understanding um, and from his word and, and taking the time to really take to listen to him and and to grow that relationship with him. Because when you're focusing on what he wants, you won't be focused on what other people want and you won't be focused on the negative aspects of um, life. You'll instead be um, enjoying the beauty um, while also doing, you know, the work, but also enjoying the fruits of your labor.
2: I would say one thing to take away from this topic is to definitely um, like Blake was saying, focus on your relationship with God and that'll definitely change your mindset. So you're not so focused on yourself and what you want or what others want or focused on your accomplishments. But you have the mindset where you realize that it's not you who's doing it and it's not you who's accomplished them, but it's definitely God.
0: All right. Well, this has been truly a pleasure having the collegiate Ministry leaders, Jordan Middleton and Blake Middleton here on Mr. Speaker Speaks. Well, um, been great. Been a pleasure. Um, check out the ministry at TrueHolinessCOGIC.org where you can find out more about the Collegiate Ministry because they have their own podcast called EPIC. And what does EPIC stand for?
2: in
0: christ what was that we didn't get the first part
2: oh everyday people in christ
0: all right so check out their podcast well brother blake sister jordan it's truly been a pleasure having the both of you here on mr speaker speaks telling us a little bit about the collegiate ministry but more importantly talking to us about pride as they say pride comes before the fall you don't want to fall so what does that mean don't be proud You've been listening to Mr. Speaker Speaks. You know that show where we have deep conversations, where your mind gets educated, stimulated, and rejuvenated. Remember, life is all about purpose. Do you know yours? And all that you do, be magnificent. Until next time, be good, be blessed, but most of all, be a blessing to someone.